Welcome everyone. It's been quite a while. Welcome to the Rex podcast. I'm your host Sonam Yington. Leadership of the self, as self-explanatory and familiar as it sounds, the phrase merits a deeper understanding of what it entails to summon leadership of the self within each one of us. It not only transcends the conventional barriers like gender, nationality, religion and power to exercise leadership of the self but integrates and values humanity to its core inspired by his majesty the king's address during the convocation at the university of calcutta in india where his majesty stated what we need is not a leader to lead the masses we need leadership of the self quote unquote the royal institute for governance and strategic studies is guided by this profound wisdom in all its leadership development programs this pandemic has among others clearly defined and exuded leadership of the self in action through an extraordinary example in his majesty the king that bhutan has been a success story thus far in dealing with the pandemic is inspired by the role modelship provided by his majesty that has greatly helped in navigating the country through these turbulent times with direction fortitude and unity our guest today is perhaps the first if not the only to study the intrinsic concept of leadership of the self and delivers lectures and sessions inspired by it dashukamba sitim was the first secretary of the gross national happiness commission and later served as the chairperson of the Royal Civil Service Commission. Tasho is a member of the governing board and faculty at Rix. Tasho was awarded the red scarf by his majesty the king in December 2015. Currently, Tasho works for the Gelsung National Service Program. Tasho, welcome to the Rix podcast. We are finally glad to have you. Thank you very much Sonam for having me here. Lastashore if you could please explain to us your understanding and interpretation of leadership of the self and why dashu chose to use it as a title for your talks here at Rixla Last well my, my understanding of the idea of leadership of the self is drawn firstly from the royal address his majesty the king gave at the Calcutta University convocation when his majesty first spoke about this idea one about doing what needs to be done instead of waiting for some great leader leader or genius who may or may not emerge and that you could do so by becoming a better human being i found in this a most empowering outlook on leadership that stood in sharp contrast to the conventional notion of leadership which basically defines leadership as a noun and equates it with positions and indeed when we speak about leadership most people instinctively think about people in positions of leadership such as kings generals in the army presidents prime ministers ceo ceos etc his majesty's idea of leadership of the self however sees leadership as a verb about action and thus an empowering perspective that allows anyone to become a leader by engaging in acts of leadership irrespective of who and where they are and for a bhutanese any action consistent with protecting and promoting the security sovereignty and self-reliance of our small country is an act of leadership also 
Implicit in this perspective is that leadership must be seen as a lifelong journey of personal growth, development, and fulfillment, powered by a growth mindset of lifelong learning. And of course, the ideal situation would be one in which you are in a position of leadership and you also continuously engage in acts of leadership because in that manner, you can amplify your impact like all great leaders do. However, this requires then that you first develop self-mastery. That is, before you try and rule the world, you must rule yourself. That is also something that comes clearly through and rings true from the idea of leadership of the self. Now, as to why I use this as the title for my talk, it is to pay homage to the leadership of our monarchs. Indeed, when it comes to the subject of leadership, in form or function by any name or frame, there could be no better example. For instance, the singular reason behind our success in combating COVID-19 thus far is the leadership of His Majesty the King. As is common knowledge, it is His Majesty's leadership that has brought about the much needed clarity, commitment, and cohesion among all sections of Bhutanese society in dealing with this deadly pandemic. His Majesty's foresight has ensured that youth, including those who are unemployed and who could potentially be a source of problems during such difficult times, are now, as Desups, playing a key role in dealing with the challenges wrought by the pandemic, from working as frontline workers, patrolling the porous borders, to implementing important development projects like water supply. Not only that, his Majesty's leadership has ensured a very coherent response to the deadly pandemic, from helping Bhutanese return home while ensuring we are protected through the strict enforcement of quarantine requirements. Seeing that there were thousands of Bhutanese living across the border from Pinsuling, but who wanted to come back during this difficult time, upon royal command, the Royal Bhutan Army built 1,000 housing units in 28 days on the left banks of the Amochu that provides shelter to this day. It was also upon royal command that the Druk Kalpo's relief kidu was launched to help individuals and businesses tide over these difficult times by sacrificing the Sungchop funds that have been built up over decades. To boost the immunity of our senior citizens, our parents, His Majesty commanded the distribution of vitamin supplements and so on. The actions Bhutan has taken during this deadly pandemic under the leadership of His Majesty, ensuring truly that no one is left behind, has given new meaning to nationhood and citizenry. Uh, so what would you say are the key attributes of a person who exercises or practices leadership of the self? Well, in my experience, the main attribute of a person who cultivates leadership of the self will be a person who has a growth mindset, seeking to learn and thus grow continuously and in the process engage in acts that not, not only benefit themselves and their loved ones, but also the Tsawasun. This is the single aspect that should set them apart. Other attributes would be those consistent with being, as His Majesty stated, a good human being. Both these are absolutely necessary. I can think of many good people who unfortunately have a fixed mindset and thus have not grown, which then limits the good they can and should do with their lives. However, just 
learning and growing is necessary but not sufficient as ultimately one should strive to make a difference no matter how big or small. For instance, I can also think of many people who are good human beings but don't really make much of their lives or contribute in any meaningful way to the greater cause of securing the future of our country. Thank you, Ladashu. If Dashu could now kindly share what your sessions on leadership of the self actually covers. Plus, well, the talk on leadership of the self is made up of three components that also draws on Buddhist wisdom as well as life's experiences. First, leadership of the self as a lifelong journey with a growth mindset to fulfill yourself in all the roles that are important to one's life and in, and in particular, protecting and promoting the security, the sovereignty and self-reliance of our country. In doing so, an important and critical building block is to know yourself, one of the three Delphic maxims from ancient Greece. Second, recognition that one can make the most of this lifelong journey when one has greater mindfulness that can be cultivated through various activities such as meditation, journaling, seeking and receiving feedback, etc. Why do you need mindfulness? So that you can know and tap the full power of your mind. Thirdly, recognizing that life and its outcomes are the results of choices we make from moment to moment. This part is about enhancing metacognition, that is understanding how thinking works and its relation to one's feeling, action and results. This part shows clearly how we are separate from our thoughts and our emotions, and thus how we can make better choices to help us on our leadership of the self journey. This knowledge and the resulting ability that can be developed with practice helps us be deal better with the circumstances of life so that the ups and downs of life cannot divert us from what it is we seek to achieve. Yes. If Dasho could elaborate on the three components a little more for better understanding that. Plus, well, the first component is to look at leadership of the self as a lifelong journey of growth, development, and fulfillment, something for which you need a growth mindset, as I already said earlier. And not only that, but to live life consciously, striving to fulfill yourself in all the roles that are important to you and which we simultaneously play in our lives, at work, as a parent, brother, sister, son, daughter, friend, colleague, citizen, etc. This is about making a difference, making your life matter, and as a Bhutanese, always striving to do things that protect and promote the interest of our country. Consciously striving to live life in such a way also imbues it with meaning, which in turn is the great uh, biggest source of motivation. Among other things, I encourage lifelong learning, in particular by reading useful materials, watching good TED Talks, sharing of knowledge and experiences, etc. The most important step in this lifelong journey is to know yourself in terms of your strengths, weaknesses, who you are, where you are, what you are, how you are, your temperament, your personality as measured by psychometric tests like Ocean, also known as the Big Five, etc. Getting to know oneself intimately is important so that one is better placed to actualize whatever potential one has. And how do you do this? By firstly, getting to know yourself at the level of your mind. This brings us to the second part of the talk. 
knowing your mind is important because it is the processing center for your life's experiences, as well as the source of everything you go on to say and do, as all these start with a thought in your heads. To do so, you need to enhance mindfulness, and then slowly but surely, you can begin to tame it and tap its full power to help you make the most of life. As Lord Buddha said, mind matters most. Developments in neuroscience reveal this very fact. That's also the reason why there is a booming mindfulness industry, as can be seen from a Google search. As more people around the world realize the mental, that mental health and mental strength that comes from mindfulness. In fact, since 2013, a number of British parliamentarians have undertaken eight-week courses in meditation to get the benefits of mindfulness. This is key to a healthy mind as physical exercise is key to a healthy body. It's a tragedy that so few Bhutanese meditate, even though we are all aware of its benefits. In fact, we even introduced meditation in our schools in 2010. While there are a number of ways to enhance mindfulness, meditation is by far the best way, as it is an activity where you are directly getting to know your mind and beginning to tame it. You are truly getting to know yourself in this way. Thank you. Dashu mentioned that the third component of your session is about metacognition and Dashu also spoke something on the thought model. If Dashu could enlighten us more on this widely heard but poorly understood concepts. Thus, well, in a nutshell, the thought model is an explanation of the interaction between what happens around us in life from moment to moment to what happens inside us and why we do what we do. For instance, there is an objective reality like weather, facts, once past, called a circumstance, which triggers thoughts in our heads. And thoughts, whatever they are, are our interpretation of what's happening and defines our reality. These thoughts leads to feelings happy or sad or whatever, which then drives us to commensurate action. And finally, we get results, which are nothing but the inevitable consequences of our actions. This model explains how things outside affect what happens inside of us, which then leads to the choices we make. The knowledge of this model is powerful because it shows not only how things work, but also a clear recognition that all thoughts are up to us and totally optional. In fact, we all have the thoughts we have chosen to believe consciously or unconsciously. But the powerful takeaway is that since all thoughts are optional and up to us, we can have different thoughts about the same circumstance. How do, how do we know this to be true? For instance, people listening to this podcast will hear the same thing I'm saying. But I can confidently predict that it will trigger different thoughts in different people, which is simply their interpretation of what they think they are hearing. Based on their interpretation of what they think they are hearing, attendant feelings will flow. For instance, if they think what they are hearing is something useful, feelings of interest will arise, which will prompt them to listen more closely. And the result is 
that they will have the benefit of hearing something they find interesting and maybe even useful. The converse can also be true. If someone listening interprets what I'm saying to be useless gibberish, then attendant feelings of disinterest will arise and this may lead to actions of distraction and the result being that all that is shared here is lost to them. As you can see, this knowledge of the way thoughts are triggered in our heads and its subsequent linkages to feelings, actions, and results not only helps to improve one's quality of thinking, but thereby the very choices we make. This knowledge also reveals to us clearly that our source of happiness and sadness or any other feelings and emotions are not really the outcome of circumstances, but the thoughts triggered by the circumstance in our heads. This explains why poor people in the favelas of Brazil can be happy in spite of their desperate circumstances, while rich people in the 20-bedded mansions of Beverly Hills may be miserable. In fact, armed with this knowledge, we will quickly find that most of the problems people face are simply faulty thinking and not real problems. This knowledge can also be used to deal with people who have mindset issues, since ultimately all mindset issues boil down to wrong thoughts. Therefore, this knowledge can be used to powerful effect. I've shared the thought model with literally thousands of people, and many have found it to be extremely useful in dealing with problems, changing mindset, and making better decisions. I came across this in a coaching skills for managers training that I undertook on Coursera as part of an effort to create more engaging workplace in the civil service when I was the chair of RCSE. Later, I found that this was also taught by Lord Buddha in his teachings on, on the four parts of the mind, where it says that consciousness through the five sense doors leads to perceptions, that is thoughts, which leads to sensations or feelings, and the sensations lead to action and results. This is extremely useful knowledge that one can verify with one's life experiences and can really help to improve one's ability to make better choices, all of which start with a thought in the head. It will also help you deal better with the many thoughts that fill our head every day estimated on average to be around 60,000 and most arising seemingly out of nowhere that can cause much misery if you have no idea of how to deal with it. Master Shra, thank you very much for the simple yet profound elaboration on metacognition and thought model. But are these attributes uh, really cultivable by anyone? How can we really do that? No, absolutely. These are cultivable. And indeed, a large part of education and growing up has been doing that. But what is important is to keep doing this throughout our lives. And those who truly imbibe the idea of leadership of the self as shared above and make it a lifelong journey, a journey of self-mastery, mindfulness, and in particular, making good choices by practicing what I shared earlier, one can cultivate these attributes. Dashro, is leadership of the self more necessary or applicable in certain contexts or situations than others? Or is it something universal? Well, I see leadership of the self as shared above a mode of being and thus applicable to anyone who wants to make the most of life. 
as a mode of being in this world. It is about how you show up every day in all the roles that we simultaneously play and are important in our lives. It is also a mode that is particularly important when one faces the many challenges that also make up life. After all, even the luckiest among us have to pass through the four gates of birth, sickness, old age, and death. There, the specific abilities cultivated, such as mindfulness and metacognition, can be even more useful in dealing with problems and still being able to carry on. Thus, thank you, Ladasho. And I'm sure our listeners are curious, just as I am, to know what are some of the things Dasho personally do to develop leadership of the self in yourself, La? Last. Well, I do try to practice and uh, what uh, practice what I preach. So if I were to highlight three things that are part of my daily regimen that helps me on my leadership of the self journey, they are meditation, at least 12 to 15 minutes daily, then reading good books, as well as taking good materials from the internet. And of course, uh, daily physical exercises like biking. There's also plenty of good stuff on TED Talks, YouTube, Coursera that can be helpful and used purposefully with whatever you are working on or want to do in life. And most importantly, using these knowledge and skills to keep doing things better as well as sharing them with other people and learning from such interactions. Yes, thank you. So this is my final question, Ladashu. As the former chair of the Royal Civil Service Commission, how do you think we fear in the civil service in terms of leadership of the self? Last, well, if we hold up His Maj- Majesty as the epitome of the leadership of the self ideal, and we have all seen His Majesty in action in this most difficult period in our country and in the world, then clearly not only civil servants, but all of us have much to work towards in our leadership of the self journey. Last Ashur, thank you very much for the enriching perspectives and insights on leadership of the self. And thank you very much for your time despite your super busy schedule, Ashur. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs>